0: Well, I invite you to turn with me in the Word of God to Psalm 105. We'll be considering Psalm 105 this morning, verses 1 through 6 and 42 through 45. And as you're turning there, it's been somewhat customary, somewhat of a tradition in many Dutch Reformed churches through the years to have what are known as Old Years and New Year's services, often on New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve Day and New Year's Day itself. Is a time to really commemorate what God has done throughout the year and to look forward to what he's doing in the year to come. And perhaps this tradition has fallen on harder times lately and certainly God's word at no place tells us to actually do this on these days. But I think it's a helpful thing to consider even as we come to this last day of 2023 to consider what 2023 has been. And most importantly, who God has been to us and for us and with us through it all. And so as I think about those things, perhaps the most uh, obvious place in my mind to turn is Psalm 105, so I'll begin reading Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, and then jumping down to verse 42. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. And then down into verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws praise the lord well having heard god's law or god's word to us we can go to him and ask for his spirit's aid this morning let's pray father in heaven we thank you for psalm 105 and how it Encourages us and commands us to rejoice in you, to remember your goodness to us. We think, Lord, this morning of all the things you have done for us in 2023 and even far past that. We ask, Lord, that we would see more of you in Christ. We ask that your Spirit would enable us to be illumined to understand these words that He inspired thousands of years ago. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we come to the Psalms, as you probably are aware, by this point, oftentimes we aren't entirely sure. Why a particular psalm is in the place it is, we can understand certain things about the books. There are five different books in the Psalter, and each of them seem to have certain themes. And some psalms, like the Psalms of Ascent, that we've been going through off and on, are psalms that certainly are collections and are put together for a reason. Sometimes, though, we aren't entirely sure why a psalm is in the sequence that it is. But with Psalms 105 and 106, it seems that they do go together, that they are quite a pair really, of psalms that really are focusing on the same thing from different angles. And Psalm 105 really shows us the faithfulness of God. The God who is there, the God who is with his people, the God who has made promises and kept promises and will keep promises. Psalm 106 is um, perhaps worse news. It shows the faithfulness often of his people, especially as it's seen in Israel and the sins that they have committed. But even through these things, God is faithful to his people. And so as we come to the end of 2023, we come to the end of the year, Psalm 105 helps us to reorient certain things. Psalm 105 helps us to remember God and his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ and encourages us to turn around and result, as a result of these things and truly praise him, to call out to his great name. In the words of one commentator, here are the early chapters of our own story. We can sing of its miraculous beginnings with more than a spectator's interest. As we'll see in Psalm 105, it really identifies what God has done for his people. He had made certain promises to Abraham and he had carried out those promises even after hundreds of years of slavery and suffering and all kinds of things that he actually brought the people into the land and we can praise him as a result. This is really our family history. And we'll notice three directions of praise. Those will be our headings this morning as we consider these things. The three directions of praise. I'm indebted to one of my professors at seminary who alerted me to this in Psalm 105 in a chapel years ago. I don't even want to think about how many years ago. It was probably at least six or seven. But he identified that there are three things that praise does, and one is the most obvious that praise goes upward we also have to think that praise goes outward and praise goes inward. And so those will be our three headings. But first we see the praise goes up. Notice the beginning again of verse 1. "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. And so we see here that the psalmist is encouraging us to give thanks to God and praise him, that these things are really the same thing. That we praise God by giving thanks. The praise and prayer and thanksgiving all seem to go together here. That's perhaps instructive for us. As we come to the end of a year, as we look back at 365 days of God's goodness and faithfulness to us, what should be our response? Well, certainly we can take stock of different things. We can have memories and all these sorts of things. But one thing that we should certainly do is to praise God, to thank him, and to pray to him. It's instructive for us that we ought to also be thanking perhaps before asking. Now, I know it's common for us to just Think that prayer is just asking God for things. Boys and girls, I don't know if you've ever thought through this before. I remember when I was a very young child thinking that prayer was basically just giving God a list of things you wanted. And that that was it. That you pray to him, you address him as God, you tell him all the things you want, and you end the prayer with, in Jesus' name, amen, and that was all that prayer had to do. Certainly there is a sense in which we do ask God for things. We are needy, we are sinful, we are weak. We have all these things that we need from him, from his gracious fatherly hand. But we also have much to thank him for. To thank him for who he is and for what he has done. And we are to thank him before we even consider asking him for his things. And what are we thanking him for? Well, God kept his promises to Abraham. If we were to turn to Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, we'd see certain promises that God made to this ancient man in the ancient Near Eastern world, things that he would do for him and to him and through him and with him. Ultimately, these promises led to the people of God, the Israelites being brought into the land of Canaan and being settled there in God's own promised land, dwelling in the midst of their God in his place. And of course, we know today as New Testament believers That these promises ultimately found their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And so we can thank him for these things. God had kept his promise to Abraham, even though there were hundreds of years of slavery to come after he made these promises. Even though there was much suffering, and I'm sure doubt and forgetfulness and sinfulness on the part of his people as well, God was faithful to his promise, and he'll keep his promises to us as well. That can be a great encouragement and comfort to us. That Yahweh, the Lord God, redeems us. He keeps his promises to us. He is faithful to us. And we worship him as a result. We thank him and we praise him and we pray to him. So we praise him by giving thanks. We also praise him by calling upon his name. We see that there in the first verse. Okay, thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. To call upon his name is really another way of, in some sense, giving him a prayer of praying to him, of speaking to him directly, of praising him for what he has done. To call upon the name of the Lord is to acknowledge that he is the Lord, to acknowledge who you are as the creature, someone who is dependent upon him, and to praise him for who he is and to ask him for certain things that you need. That's all those sorts of things that kind of fall under the umbrella of calling on the name of the Lord in these sorts of contexts. We are to call on the name of the Lord because of who he is and what he has done. That our thanksgiving and our praise ought to be motivators for prayer. As we come to see what God has truly done for us in Christ, all his faithfulness to us in even this past year, as we have been faithless to him in many ways, that we are to be thankful. That we are to praise him for his goodness. And we are to be motivated by these things to pray to him. Because we are praying to this God. I know sometimes it's difficult. I can at least speak for myself that when you're praying, you're talking to someone that you cannot see. Now, perhaps that's less strange for us because we often have phone conversations where we talk to people we cannot see, but we also cannot hear him directly and audibly speaking back to us. I know sometimes my mind can wander or I can become tired, particularly if I'm doing my prayer late at night, because there's nothing really to keep my focus there as I'm used to it with my senses. Sometimes I can begin to forget perhaps you can too, which God I am praying to. But it is to this God that we are praying. To the one who created all things, to the one who made great and precious promises, and to the one who keeps them. We are praying to him, and that ought to give us motivation to pray even more. And really, as we consider this, as we consider what God has given to us, we consider the blessings from his fatherly hand, one way that we praise him, is by coming back and seeking more. Now that might seem somewhat strange to us. It might seem somewhat ungrateful, I'm not saying it in an ungrateful way. But to give thanks to God and to praise him and to seek more from his hand is really to acknowledge that he is the one who has given us these things in the first place. That all of these things come from him, that all good things come to us from our Father in heaven. To seek after them is actually to do what he would have us to do, to show gratitude for his past faithfulness by coming back for more. And so we praise God by calling upon his name. And what is the reason for this praise? Well, the middle of Psalm 105 records the reason. And we didn't read these verses from verses 7 through verse 41. If you were to read that this afternoon, you would see that there is a record here of who God is through what God has done. That's often how God reveals himself. He reveals himself as gracious by doing gracious things. He reveals himself as just by doing, great, doing just things and giving just words and all those sorts of things. That through what he does and what he says, he reveals who he is. Psalm 105 tells us the history of who he is. A history of the record of the people of Israel that God gave promises to Abraham and to his children and his descendants as they were continually expanding and growing and multiplying and becoming the people of Israel. And they were brought into Egypt and slavery and all these sorts of things. That they dealt with terrible suffering and long waits of lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of wondering, has God forgotten his promises? And finally God heard the cries of his people. And he answered them in history. And he came and he redeemed them from from Egypt. And he brought them through the wilderness, through all their wanderings, even through all their sin. Not destroying them. He brought them into the land of Canaan and he put them in the place that he had promised them, the place that he had promised to their father Abraham. And this is the reason why the psalmist is calling out for praise. Why he's telling us to be thankful and to praise God and to call upon his name in prayer because this is the God with which we have to do. This is the God of great mercy. This is the God who keeps his promises. This is the God who is faithful to his people. That all that God does for his people flows out of a Hebrew word perhaps that we could say is hesed. And that isn't necessarily easily translatable. There's not just one word that we can translate that into. We could say that it's covenant faithfulness or covenant love perhaps, covenant mercy and grace. That God has made certain promises to his people. Binding promises because he is the one who has made them. The only ultimately sure promises we can have in this life are the ones that the truth himself gives to us. And out of this flows all the blessings that we experience. All the great faithfulness of God to us, ultimately culminating in Jesus Christ. And so as we consider God's full revelation, the Old and the New Testaments, as we see how even the things that Psalm 105 calls us to are fulfilled in Jesus Christ, we can understand that God is calling us to seek him in Jesus To seek after him, to come to him in prayer, to come to him in praise, as we come to him through the name and in the power of his Son by his Holy Spirit. And so praise goes up, and that makes sense to us. If we've been in church for any number of years, if we've grown up in a Christian home, we understand, yes, praise goes up. But there are other directions as well. And so our second heading this morning is praise goes out. Notice with me again the end of verse 1. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. So certainly praise glorifies God. And in that sense, praise does go up to him. And we respond directly to the God who has saved us and made us and sustains us. But glorifying God also has a communal aspect. It also goes out to others other than just the God whom we are praising. So when we praise God, when we rejoice in God, when we thank God, when we pray to Him, what we are really doing is we are acknowledging Him as He is. We are saying, yes, this is who you revealed yourself to be, and this is who you truly are, and that is ultimately praiseworthy and beautiful and glorious. Just like boys and girls, if we were to go to a mountain range and see the white-capped peaks and just be taken away by the beauty and the glory and the grandeur that we saw ahead of us, If we were to say, this is beautiful, this is wonderful, this is great, we wouldn't be doing anything wrong, we would just be acknowledging what was before us. In a sense, that's what we do when we praise God. He has revealed himself to us in certain ways. We respond accordingly, we acknowledge that these things are correct and true, and because they are correct and true, God is worthy of worship and praise and glory and honor. And we praise God, we worship God, we glorify him. We, as we see here in Psalm 105, we're commanded to give thanks, to make known, to sing, to tell, to glory, to rejoice, to seek, and to remember. And this goes out to others as well. There is no sense in which this is just a private thing that we do in our own homes or in our own lives or in our own hearts and minds and it has no effect on how we live and we have no way of making this audible and visible to others around us. Praise is something that we do with our entire person's body and soul. heart and mind and mouth and foot and hand and all these different things. It's part of who we are. We are to praise our God for who he is. And this praise is visible. It evangelizes the nations in a way. Praise evangelizes the nations. Think with me of Exodus 19.6. This is just before Israel is given the Ten Commandments. they come to the foot of Mount Sinai. And God says to them, You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now we read that and we know the history of Israel and we think that didn't really work out. That didn't really pan out, did it? And in a sense, no. In a sense, they were not holy. They were not obedient as they ought to be. They were not a holy nation or they did not act as a holy nation that God had set them apart to be. But we can see here the goal. God had set apart Israel as a special people, as a nation of priests, as a holy people in order to really mediate his glory and his grace to the world around them. Israel is meant to live in such a way and to honor God and to praise him in such a way that the people around her would look and say, there is something different about this people. There is something different about the God that they worship. It's one of the sad things of the history of the Old Testament that often the people of Israel were indecipherable from the people around them. And it seemed to others, I'm sure, that the God they worship was no different than the gods around them because look at the people that were worshiping him and how they were doing it and doing things that he had commanded them not to do. But we also see a remnant preserved by God. Ultimately culminating again in Jesus Christ who comes and glorifies God. And what do we say now as the church? What does Peter himself, the apostle, say to us in 1 Peter 2.9? You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As a church, as the people of God, we are called to many different things. But this is one of the foundational things. We are called to be the same as Israel was called to be, a nation of priests, a holy nation essentially, a people for God's own possession to declare his marvelous excellencies to the world around us. And we do this often through praising him. You'll note that whenever there is a priest or a priestly function in the Old Testament, the goal is not that you see more of the priest, The goal is that you see more of God through the priest and through his work and through his actions and through his deeds. That is what we are to be to the world around us. To praise God, to respond to him for what he has done for us, even this past year with praise, to show this to the nations and that that word and the gospel that follows with it will go out to the nations as well. So praise evangelizes the nations as well as glorifying God and it also encourages believers. Now I cannot speak for you at this point but I'm guessing you've had a similar experience to me. Have you ever had a time in your life where things just seem terrible? Perhaps things are falling apart. It's a relationship or a family or a job is being lost or there's a disease or you're recovering from something and it's saying all these things just seem to be piling up on you. And life seems terrible, and you think, where can I turn, what can I do? And your own heart seems to be caving in on itself, and all these terrible things. And you come to church, and you hear God's people praising, and you hear their testimony of the God who has saved them and redeemed them. And it encourages you in a way. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the suffering. It doesn't take you out of that situation. But it helps to reorient you. It helps to remind you that even through all these things, God is still God. That even through all these things, Christ is still your Savior. That even through all these things, His faithfulness and His promises to you will truly come to pass and will never end. That's what we see here in Psalm 105. It's meant to be a call to worship, not only to praise and glorify God, not only to proclaim Him and His deeds among the nations, but also to encourage those who are gathering together and singing and praising Him in the first place. That we praise God certainly as individuals, even as we are alone. Perhaps you're, you work alone and you're in the car alone and all these different things. You can be praising God certainly and that's great and that's good and you ought to do that. But praising also always has that idea of coming together as a community. The people of God. Coming together to worship him and to praise him and to thank him for what he has done for us. And so this is one of the reasons why we do come to church, why we gather together as God's people come together to answer his call and to respond to him in praise and thanksgiving for what he has done. And so praise goes up. We praise God and the direction is ultimately towards God first and foremost. But also as an effect of that going up, praise goes out. It goes out to the nations and shows them the God we worship and what he has done, especially in Jesus Christ. It goes out to our brothers and sisters who perhaps are struggling and encourages them. Encourages us all to continue to praise this God who is truly great and worthy of praise. Finally, we see this morning, praise goes in. It goes inward to us, to our own very hearts. Notice with me again, verse, starting in verse four. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. And then verse 42, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing, and he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. And so praise has an effect upon us as well. It goes up to God, it goes out to the nations and to the believers around us, it also goes into us has an effect upon our own hearts and our own minds and we see that in praise we are reminded of God the praise reminds us of God and I confess to you that even this week as I was studying and preparing for this sermon I read through Psalm 105 and the sinful weak thought that entered my mind was yeah I know all that do you ever think things like that you read God's word It's the word of the one who created all things and upholds them by his mighty right hand and has saved you and redeemed you in Jesus Christ. You think, okay, yeah, I know that. What else do you have? It's terrible. It's an awful, ungrateful, unthankful kind of way to come to God's word. But when praise, we're reminded of this God. Yes, we know these things, but that isn't just a stepping stone to greater and higher knowledge, although that's true that we are to grow in our knowledge of God and of Christ and his salvation and his work and all these things. But remembering is more than just intellectual understanding and assent and knowledge. It's also remembering who has done these things. He has done these things for you. It's rejoicing in these things. It's finding assurance in these things. Praise reminds us of God and who he is. And so as you consider the end of 2023 and for some of us it was a great year and for some of us it was a horrible year and for I'm guessing most of us it was somewhere in between humanly speaking as far as the things that have happened. at The ups and downs, highs and lows, good days and bad days. We can be reminded of the God who has been with us through it all. The God who through Jesus Christ is our Father. Who has saved us assuredly who has done these things for us and will continue to do these things for us. And address yourself by remembering who God is and what he has done. Speak even to yourself. Read the Bible, read Psalm 105, read other places of scripture, and speak to yourself, yes, this is who God is. This is what he has done for me. This is what he has done for all of his people. We have more to remember now than they did even in Psalm 105. We have a greater salvation. We have a wonderful, even better exodus. We have our Lord Jesus Christ to remember, and we ought to do. We see in verse 42, that praise reminds us that God remembered his promises to us. That he did not forget what he had said. In Deuteronomy six ten through 12, God says these things. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, And houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What a wonderful picture that is of our God and the salvation, the gracious, merciful actions of him towards us. Boys and girls, what did Israel get when they came into the land? They got a land flowing with milk and honey that they did not cultivate themselves. They got houses and cities that they did not build. They got all these wonderful things that they didn't really work for. They were given to them by God. I think of a few years ago, someone very generously took me on a vacation to Florida. And I was living in Michigan at the time, and we went in January. So this was a wonderful thing. I got to get out of the snow and the ice. I got to go to a place you didn't have to scrape your car. And then it froze there. But overall, the idea was it was warmer and it was sunnier. And I was taken there and there was an Airbnb with a pool in the backyard and all these wonderful things, and I didn't have to pay for any of it. And I remember walking in and somewhat thinking of Deuteronomy chapter 6. I've been brought into a house I didn't build and pay for. I've been brought into all these different things I didn't have to cultivate and earn for myself. What a gracious and merciful thing that was. And it pales in comparison. It's only a faint preview of what God has done for us. Just as bringing Israel into the land is only a faint preview of what Christ has done for us and what he has given to us. God has given us all these wonderful blessings. All these wonderful things that we ourselves did not earn and we are called not to forget. We are called to remember who God is and what he has done. And so praise reminds us of God even as we come to the end of the year. It reminds us of who he is and what he's done for us. Praise also assures us in God. In verse 5, we talk about the wondrous works. Remember, the wondrous works that he has done His miracles and the judgments he uttered. And if we were to list all the things that God has done from the beginning of creation up until now, we could be here until the end of this age. But we know all the wonderful things he has done ultimately find their expression in their highest order in the coming of Jesus Christ. And so as we gather at the end of a year that could have been good or could have been bad. We are called to remember what God has done for us in Jesus. That Christ came and lived and died and rose again for us. That even now he is ruling for us at the right hand of God. Even now he is interceding for us as our high priest. And one day he will return for us. He will make all things new. But even in the meantime he is with us. He is going with us, ahead of us and behind us. He is for us. And the promises to Abraham are for you as well. For all who trust and believe in Christ, we read in Galatians chapter 3, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. And So these promises are to you as well. These promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ to all who trust in him because through faith in Jesus, you also are a son or a daughter of Abraham. You are a child of the promise, a child of this inheritance. And so you're called to seek after God, to seek this one who gave you these wonderful, great, mighty blessings, to remember and be aware in your mind and heart that he is present. Now, boys and girls, you might think, but I've heard that God's present everywhere, that he's everywhere at all times, in all places, and that's true. That's a good theology lesson to know. So what does it mean to seek after him? Because he's certainly here. Well, it means to remember him, to be aware that he is here, to seek after a deeper knowledge of him and a greater strengthening of your relationship with him, to seek after him in prayer and in praise and in thanksgiving and in all these things, to continually be seeking him in a way that makes it deeper. You're called to seek after your God. To seek after the one who has done these wonderful things. To know that he is yours in Christ. This was true in 2023. This will be true in 2024 as well. And so praise reminds us of God. It assures us in God. And ultimately it motivates us for obedience to God. Notice with me again, verse 45. What was the end goal of all this? That they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. God has done all these things for them. God has done even greater things for us as we understand it because we know more of who he is and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. He has given us far greater than houses we did not build and orchards and vineyards we did not cultivate. He has given us the new heavens and the new earth. He has given us ultimately the greatest blessing, he himself. The end, the goal, is that we might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Remember that the Christian life is a life of gratitude. That we have certain duties as Christians, certain things that we are called to do to obey Him in certain ways, to follow after Him, to seek Him. We've been commanded many different times in these first verses, in these last verses of Psalm 105 to praise, to pray, to seek, to do all these things. Ultimately, now we're called to obey Him in all of His law. We're called to our duty, but not just for duty's sake, but out of a sense of gratitude. Think about this, Psalm 105 verse 45 comes after 44 verses of telling us and declaring us to us who God is and what he has done for us. How can you not want to obey this God? How can you not want to seek after this one who has done so much for you? God is faithful, as we read in Psalm 106, he's even faithful to an unfaithful people. An unfaithful people, might I add, like us are called to be faithful. God is giving you wonderful grace, wonderful mercy in Jesus Christ. Even these past 12 months he has done this in ways that you will never fully understand. So be faithful to him. Come to him in Christ certainly when you sin and repent of your sins but know that the same spirit who has raised Christ from the dead has been given to you has been poured out into your hearts, strengthens you for obedience. Keep his statutes. Follow after his laws. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and we are called to be holy. As we consider 2023, may this be in our minds and our hearts. And so seek after God. Remember his grace to you this past year. Even if it was a terrible year, remember the things that he has done for you in Christ, the things that are just as sure for you in 2023 as they were in 2022, and they will be in 2024. Seek after him. Remember his grace and his mercy. Even if 2023 disappointed you, these words were true in good times. They're true in bad times because the God that they speak of does not change and neither do his promises. And keep in mind as we come to the end of this year, as we dwell with God and worship him for all eternity, we'll be praising him for a lot of different things. But part of what we'll be praising him for are the things that he has done in this past year. Let us begin even now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your unchanging goodness and kindness and love and grace and mercy to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can be called to praise and to know why. To know the one whom we are praising is the one who has created all things, sustained all things, and ultimately redeemed us. We pray that as we come to the end of this year, that your spirit would remind us of the things you have done and who you are for us, even in this past year, even in these past 12 months. We ask that we begin to praise you for the things you did this year. Now, even as we know we will continue forever.